Matt for um, bringing in uh, last week's uh, message. Happy New Year, Happy New You, all those New Year um, sayings and all that. Just a raise of hands, have you all done, or uh, anybody here has New Year's resolutions? Okay. If you don't mind sharing them, if you would like to, what's some of those New Year's resolutions that you all have? Did you guys set up? That's, that's if you want to share. Yes. Screen time. There you go. Are you using it on the app? Are you, you know, got, I don't know what type of phone you got. Got you. Got you. Got you. Anybody else like to share what their news? Yes. Oh. Positive enforcement. Wow. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, you can never, you can never, um, um, uh, you know, budgeting is, is very important. Um, how many people raise their hands that you may have uh, started out with the New Year's resolution and you already pretty much failed at it? Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even bother. Yeah, so once again, uh, thank you all for being here especially those who are joining uh, virtually as well. Um, man, this, this uh, topic was very, very challenging for me. Um, when I was uh, asked by Matt uh, about a couple months ago uh, that, you know, he asked, you know, would I, um, you know, be, uh, like to speak on sharing my story and so that you all can get to know more about me and, all that good stuff, and I know that last year I had the opportunity to share my, my story um, early part of last year to over 200 people, that, strangers that I never even knew. And, and I was in awe, I'm like, God, like, you know, uh, I'm, you know, a lot of people may assume that may be one way, or I was brought up a certain way. But actually, my story pretty came up kind of traumatizing and uh, somewhat of, of a challenge, which brings us to today's uh, scripture. And if you don't mind to uh, go with me in the book, in the Old Testament, in 2 Samuel, uh, verse 18 and 19. And I will be reading from uh, the NIV version. And the word of the Lord says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were uh, not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant. And this decree, sovereign Lord, is, far, is for a mere human. And so um, today I, I want us to truly reflect on uh, verse 18. And I'm going to ballpark it here as I share with you all about my story. And one of, the, one of my favorite people of the Bible is King David. 
uh, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own very heart. And I, I liken myself to David a lot. Um, someone who was um, the youngest of, I believe, eight children. And pretty much got overlooked. You know, he was not, um, I guess, the, the, the handsome or the, the strongest or the, the tallest person in his family, uh, especially when uh, the prophet, um, I believe it was Samuel, that uh, when God told Samuel that um, Israel was going to have a king and that David was going to be that king and how he continued to get overlooked um, as they was going down the list as a shepherd, um, been out in the field and, and playing the, uh, the harp. And, and that just gives testimony of what God's, um, how God uses people, you know, how he takes the disqualified, the disinherited, those, you know, the, the, the downtrodden, um, those that we may not look to be a person of stature, and yet God uses. And it seems like that's been told throughout the Bible, that God selects this small uh, group of people, and he used them in a mighty force, in which really um, um, example or exemplify the story of David. And here it is, David is... David is um, just got over some, some battles that he was facing, that he was dealing with in regards of uh, fighting off uh, Goliath. And uh, as he, you know, uh, slew uh, Goliath, that he pretty much had a back and forth battle with Saul. And how, you know, he was like, man, you know, I don't want to take you out, man. You know, um, you know, stop coming after me. And as we go back and reflect that those things that Saul uh, put David through is pretty much relevant today that we got the Psalms that we read, such as the 23rd Psalm and uh, the 27th Psalm and all these great Psalms that David was going through, great uh, adversity in his life. But yet there were times that he was overjoyed. But as we really reflect and see in verse uh, 18 of 2 Samuel, that the Bible says that David sat. And this was really a prayer that David um, was doing. And as he was just reflecting on all those uh, things, he says, uh, as, as prayer, he said, who am I, sovereign Lord? Who am I? And I know that, you know, when we, when we pray, we usually pray, uh, you know, with a posture prayer with, with, our, uh, with knees or praying on our knees. But in this situation, David sat. It's a different form of stature of prayer. But as he sat and he saw the things that I would say God's hand moving, somewhat like a, a chess game, 
and to where he was seated at. It was somewhat like he was taking inventory of his life. I have to ask you all, are there times that you just sat and just reflect or just to ruminate on where you began in life to where you are at? And it's like, God, how did I, how did I get here? If it's good, bad, or whatever season that you are at in your life. And that's one of the things that we, regardless of what's going on in life, that you're here, you, you continue to survive. And that's what David was doing. He was like, God, as he was doing self-inventory, who am I? And so with that, as I relate the story or David's story uh, more to, uh, likened to myself, and I'll be, um, be transparent, and as we say in the, in the streets, keep it 100 with you all, um, I grew up in West Louisville, grew up not in the best of conditions. Um, my um, family was, it was good, it was decent, um, somewhat of a good upbringing. Um, I'm the youngest on my mom's side because I come from somewhat of a blended family. Um, my mother was previously married, uh, had six children, um, in a prior marriage, and then, Mom, I know you're going to uh, kill me for this. And when, whenever you listen to this sermon, I always tell her back in the early 80s, she had a, uh, a hot moment, a hot girl moment, as they say in the streets. And I thank God that my mom had a hot girl moment uh, because through that, I, I, I tease my mom all the time. I said, Mama, you was probably listening to that Teddy P, that Teddy Pendergrass when he said, you know, turn off the lights light a candle, and bam, I was, I was here, right? And so, <laughs> and then my father, um, who, my God, um, was a little younger than my, than my mom. Um, uh, I know a few, year, a few uh, months ago, we had a, a service here uh, for um, a person that memorialized their father in one of the songs that they had for their father was Papa was a Rolling Stone. And that's the type of father that my father was. Uh, he was somewhat of a, a ladies' man, had that uh, uh, Billy D uh, vibe or look back in the day. Um, and he was a very handsome man. I guess that's why I get my good looks. I'm, I'm just joking. Yeah, here we go. But um, all that uh, to say is that, you know, whatever, however, that they got together, that I am here. And so with that, uh, grew up on a street, uh, a home, uh, 3021 Avenue, uh, where I saw, you know, life was somewhat innocent. But yet as I got older, I start to see how the neighborhood and the community just uh, began to change. And this is during the the crack epidemic back in the 80s. And so as a kid, I never did understand. And growing up, uh, as they say, uh, in the Gonquin Park a uh, area, AP, AP, I'm gonna rep my set. Um, when I say set, my neighborhood where I grew up from, no, no gang affiliation uh, on any of that. But um, it was a lot that 
I didn't realize as a kid that was going on around me, and I was somewhat kind of sheltered behind that. And it's one of the things I never did realize is that why, is, why were junkies or drunks, you know, hanging around for park? Um, never forget, I was maybe 10 years old, and um, the uh, basketball park where I grew up at, and a friend of mine, um, a couple of friends of mine, we were uh, hooping at the park, and afterwards I had this uh, Wilson's um, Michael Jordan basketball, and um, it was dear and near to my heart, where um, I would say uh, a lady of the streets came pretty much and propositioned us. And I remember at that time, I had the basketball and I ran home and I told my mom, I was like, you know, what was this lady talking about? And I knew in the back of my mind, these types of, you know, what she was getting to. And it was somewhat like that uh, stranger uh, danger type of situation. And it was just so many things that, that in the environment that took place with the drugs, um, in, in my environment, in, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, um, prostitution, um, violence. This um, past Friday, um, an organization called Interfaith of Peace in the city of Louisville connected in, uh, I think, Moms on Demand and a host of other uh, organizations uh, came together to do a vigil uh, based on the fact of, uh, due to the, all the violence uh, for those who have lost their lives um, last year. And I believe last year, and I could be wrong, uh, maybe over 150 deaths that took place last year. And so one of the speakers got up and spoke, and, um, and she stated, you know, not just to uh, in this visual to memorialize or to remember individuals that passed away last year, but think about the people and call out the names of those who have passed away in the, uh, in the past. And it was around that same age, around 10 years old, um, individuals that I grew up around that were like heroes to me, but I didn't realize that they were uh, pretty much in a dope game. And one of my good, good friends that I always looked up to uh, by the name of Dee Dee Boy. And from, I would say, about that nine to 10 year uh, age range, that's when I realized of individuals, friends, I began to lose due to violence in the streets. And I just kept, and she was like, you know, just continue to name out the people throughout the years, and I truly reflected on that. Didi Boy, Peebo, Wayne, um, Dominique, so many countless other people, all the way up from my childhood, now to, I would say, uh, last year, that individuals that I grew up with um, fell victim to the streets. And once upon a time in my life, I began to become a product of my environment from the words of Tupac Shakur. And 
began to hang around with the wrong people. And uh, it was an OG. Uh, I'm assuming everybody here know what an OG is. And uh, he was pretty much that man on the block. And he told me, he said, Rob, I see something in you. You need to stop hanging around with certain groups of people, individuals, because the streets is not as loyal as you think that they are. And I would say maybe seconds, was, never forget this, a Thursday afternoon, I was just taking the trash out, seen one of my homeboys, or both of my homeboys walking. What's up, Rob? Back then they called me Big Rob. I don't know why they called me Big Rob. I was, I was, I was a skinny kid. I was like, what? And then, yeah, it was, it's, it's crazy. And then it was a, a big dude, and they called him Little Rob. It's, it's strange how the, 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 the uh, hood <laughs> nicknames is, is set up. And so within seconds, as I went in and closed the door, pow, 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 three gunshots. My stepdad was like, what's that noise? And I looked out and I saw one of my friends laying dead, counter corner from where I had just taken the trash out in my yard, in between our driveway, laying dead. Cold night, still seeing the bullet wounds, smoke, as he's fighting for his life and his eyes are rolling back. And I'm like, wow. And that's the first time I really saw, like, death in, 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 in a gun, um, uh, or I would say war. You know, we always think of war, you know, with military. In this nation, we have a war within the streets that, you know, that this country needs to address when it comes to gun violence, especially with churches and the faith-based communities as well. And so through that, so many other things that I went through in life, uh, mistakes that I made, just like David. You know, was, you know, God, I mean, David was not you know, the best of a person. He fell quite often. And I failed in life. And um, it was at that point that I realized that the OG, what the things that he was saying was true. And so from that point, um, I think I just got kicked out of school based on my behavior. I threw a, a chair at a teacher. Used to fight all the time. And people would see me, they're like, man, you, you know, you seem so like meek and Humble, or what school did you go to? Did you go to Trinity or Mel? No. I went to Valley High School, one of the lowest schools back in the day, even to this day. Uh, and I think the only reason why Valley is still up is based on the fact that they just built a, a basketball gymnasium out there, not uh, uh, quite off, uh, a few years ago. And so the revenue of that, that's the reason why the school is still going. So from that, um, I got kicked out of that school. And so, you know, people were like, wow, you went to Valley. How did, how did you get kicked out of Valley? And it's because it was based on the environment that I grew up in. And, um, and then from there, you know, further on my education, uh, went back and forth. I struggled uh, with my calling. Uh, as I got a little older, uh, 
in life. I knew that I was called into ministry at 17. And I just went back and forth, back and forth, like, okay, God, do I go to school for uh, ministry or do I go to school for a job? And, um, you know, my parents, um, you know, the, you know, if you're talking about individuals that graduate uh, from high school, um, and actually my, um, my stepfather, the man who raised me uh, from, I think, about a year and a half or two years old, he um, didn't get his GED until he was 56 years old. And he uh, was a janitor for JCPS, and that's one of the things that you had to do to continue to work at JCPS was to get your, you know, your high school diploma. And um, so education wasn't really uh, forced. It was all about being in the working class. Um, and as I look back now, it's more of a poor working class. And um, so from there, um, one thing that I, back in the day that I loved was, was girls, women, and um, had a lot of girlfriends. And as I tell this story, I feel like Frank Sinatra when he uh, talks about, uh, what's that? Um, it was a very good year <laughs> from the words of Frank Sinatra. And, it, and you know, he talks about the trajectory for those my Frank Sinatra people out there. And um, so with that, it, you know, through all those years, it was a very good year for me. And with that, I had my, my daughter, my beautiful 16-year-old daughter what changed my life forever. And from the words of Stevie Wonder, uh, he's like, man, you know, music, music is, is key to me because music tells stories. This is all this is about. It's about stories. And uh, Stevie Wonder uh, said, for once in my life, I have someone who needs me. And then from there, you know, finished up my education um, uh, at Spalding, and then I went on to um, um, uh, Vanderbilt to work to uh, complete my master's. And it was my last semester, it's when I truly had that David moment, because I knew that my life was gonna be changed, and it was gonna be changed forever, because I had made a vow to God that I was, when I moved back here, I was gonna make a difference in people's lives. The same people, the same OGs that looked after me, people that I knew that committed crimes, that they uh, were either still incarcerated or they were uh, getting out of jail. And for those who left families and children behind, that I would help their families out and to minister to them. And God has blessed me to do that within my calling. And with that, I'm going back to what David said. God, who am I? And what is my family? We think about family in, in, in this context, we think more about like our siblings. But it's also within our neighborhoods, our environments. And just like David, it, it was those things that as we go back and, and we look, those things that may have set us back in life, those challenges that it builds up character. And the other day as I was uh, getting ready for the start of my day, I was just reflecting upon that as I was thinking about this sermon. And I'm like, God, 
Who am I? What am I? Who is it that is from my family, from my neighborhood, that you consider me? And sometimes we, when we think of uh, the theodicy, the why God, sometimes we always think it in the negative note. Why God, you know, am I plagued with this disease? Or why did my relationship end? Why am I heart, uh, uh, heartbroken? Why am I going through these things? But sometimes we have to reflect and think about the whys of how God prepared us, prepared us to be in a situation that we're in to have our lives better. And I would say that even if you are in a space right now that you think that, man, it's not going to get better, I would say just to wait on the Lord. I think it's in Isaiah, it says that, it was Isaiah 53, um, wait upon the Lord, and he will renew your, uh, renew your, uh, uh, renew your strength. You will mount up as, uh, as an eagle, uh, and I'm paraphrasing. And, um, and sometimes I think that we uh, look at the W-A-I-T of the wait. But in that wait process, it's a W-E-I-H-T. Because you mentioned working out, right, or losing weight. A lot of us, New Year's resolution, we want to start working out to get fit. And what does weight do as we're lifting, as we're doing the exercises? Get us to be more cut, to be more slim, to be more fit. But it's that form of that weight as we are waiting on God to get us from the next level up within our story, that it may be heavy. Yes, people may have walked out of our lives. Yes, people may have died. Yes, we may be going through our, our illness. But through this, God has a story. I tell people all the time, and Matt can attest to this in my groups, uh, that I do at, uh, in my chaplaincy work is that every one of us is the editor of our story. No matter where you are at or how your life began, it's up to you and with your, how you do life, not by giving up, that wherever that you want to be in life, or to go, or to become, is to have more of a, a personal relationship with God. And sometimes the unfortunate thing, to really focus back and go back with uh, David, David, when he was praying and setting and reflecting or taking inventory about things in life. God pretty much told him about something that David wanted to do was to build his temple. And God told him, no, it's not going to be done. And sometimes God in our lives is going to tell us no. 
regardless of what we try to uh, want to become or to do, because at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about God and how God orchestrates, or as I mentioned earlier, this chess game. And we don't know some of the things that we've been through that will be a help of someone else. It may be for the next generation. Just like when, when God told David, he said, no, you're not going to build the temple. But your son will. And then from that, you know, we just come through talking about the Advent season of the coming of Christ through David's lineage came Jesus. And sometimes, especially in a lot of community work, if, you know, um, if it be in, in, in politics or uh, community advocacy form of work, sometimes we get caught up in things and we think it's about us. We have to remember, once upon a time, somebody was doing the work that we once did. Solomon said it best. David's son said it best. There's nothing new under the sun. If you want to see what somebody, what the work or things that you have done, things that you have been through in life, go to the cemetery. Because once that person that is in the cemetery was once where you were at. And then one day, we're going to be there. And that's why it's so important to understand your story as we go through this journey of, you know, every, uh, I think we're going to have quite a few people telling their story and, and their journey with God. But I truly reflect upon what David said. Who am I? Little Rob, big Rob, a boy that was uh, teased at times, uh, a kid that was hanging around the wrong group of people that was fighting, getting into trouble, um, the, the Rob that was, uh, as I mentioned, uh, having those very good uh, year moments from the words of uh, Frank Sinatra to now becoming the man that I am today. Who am I? Who is my, my family? That's another thing we have to really look at, it, not even just in the, um, the structure of society, but like our parents, our, our siblings. Um, I didn't realize that until I got older and went into therapy, the toxicity, how some family members can be. And it's sometimes when we are in the box, and when I say in the box, we, are, we were developed, we were in that toxicity. But once you begin to know who you are, and you go on this journey, of, of life, 
He's like, wow, those are some unhealthy behaviors. Those are some unhealthy things. And you begin to look at family different. Um, and then you kind of think about aligned up with your own story within your life. My mother's father, uh, a great man, lived to be into his 80s, had nothing but a third grade education, maybe second grade education. Came from um, Adams, Tennessee, where he met my grandmother. I think she had a sixth grade education. My sister has her uh, middle, yeah, middle school education. She has her um, middle school or elementary uh, diploma. Um, and then with my uh, father side of the family, uh, where he was brought up in him and uh, his siblings, my uh, grandfather, my paternal grandfather had, um, I think it was like him and my grandmother had, I think, 11 kids. And she died at a very young age, got hit by a car. And my grandfather was alcoholic. Pretty much drunk himself to death. Um, and I reflect on those things. It's like, God, who am I? Looking at, you know, siblings in, the, in a place of order. God, why is it that you put me in this position? Why is it that I survived? I got shot at. I got into some fights that should have took me away. Never forget was a dude uh, got into altercation with. I, didn't, I was so amped up, I didn't realize the dude had a gun and actually was pointing it at me. Could have took me right, right then and there. But I'm here today. God, who am I? God, who are we in these stories? That this, this story called life that you got us here. Who are we, Lord? Who am I? And who is my family? I mean, who, uh, that you consider us. One church, who are we? A collective of stories, of people that are taken one day, moment by moment in life. And we don't know God's plan. We don't know. But God loves us that you made it to another year. New year, new me. But you're here. From the words of Billie Holiday, and I close with this. Mama may have. Papa may have. But God bless the child to hold his own. In one church, as I take my seat, I truly want you to reflect things that you have been through. As I shared and, and gave a testimony pretty much about myself and what led me here, to truly reflect of your story. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, you may not be where you want to be at right now. Man, there were some dark times in my life. I also was, not only where somebody was wanting to do harm to me, I also wanted to do harm to myself because I didn't know how I was going to make it. 
to survive. But God will make a way. Don't you give up, no matter where you're at in life. The choir, the praise and worship team, um, as I requested for them to sing uh, Blessed Assurance. What is that blessed assurance? What is that story? What is that song? Praising my Savior all the day long. Blessed assurance. Reflect on your story. God bless you all. Thank you. Peace and blessings.